Yeah, yeah, you're back with your boy Silkman, El Doso, Leone, Swa, Air, Silky, your silkiness, the Macho Man, Silky Savage, Nature Boy, Silk Flair, Big Silk Dog in the building with my compadre as always. It's your boy Louie Newton, the people's champ, the resident RZA of the podcast. You, you know all the rest. Yeah, yeah. So Anthropophagy been on a bit of a hiatus. Season 2 coming very soon to your head tops in 22. But in the meantime, check out these Atlanta Season 2 recaps. Ladies and gentlemen, you're back with Anthropopagy. Mind, mind, culture for another Atlanta recap. Chocolate Silky here in H-Town. We got Louie Newton in the D. What up, though? What up? So we're getting into this Teddy Perkins episode. Uh, We're going to start off with the explanation uh, brought to you by Wikipedia. Darius answers an an ad off a message board for a piano and ends up at a mansion owned by a pale, idiosyncratic man with a mask-like face named Theodore Teddy Perkins, played by Donald Glover, who also cares for a mute, wheelchair-bounded individual named Benny Hope, Derek J. Haywood, who he claims to be extremely photosensitive and his brother. After being urged by Alfred over the phone to be direct and leave as soon as possible, Darius is eventually granted the piano, but is taken to the mansion's basement via elevator (laughs) where he meets Pitt Benny, who communicates with them through a chalkboard that that Teddy will kill us both and that he should retrieve a rifle located in the attic. Darius nevertheless, nevertheless plans to leave without dealing with the brother, but is forced to confront Teddy when he blocks the loading bay of Darius's rental truck and he hears a loud sound back inside. Teddy holds Darius at gunpoint and informs him that he plans to kill him and stage the scene to look like a home invasion. But an injured Benny arrives just in time to kill Teddy and then himself. The police haul off the corpses and the piano as Darius drives away. This episode references the psychological pressures and traumas child stars sometimes face, especially ones some with abusive parents such as Michael Jackson, Marvin Gaye, Tiger Woods, and Serena Williams, uh, which was easily seen. Um, the, the show bookends two, two songs by Stevie Wonder, opening with Sweet Little Girl and Evil, uh, closing with Evil, both off of Music In My Mind. So let's get started. What were your thoughts, man? Uh, <clears throat> this was an extremely weird episode. It it didn't go anywhere near where I was expecting it to go, but like it was good, like well directed, well shot, like competently acted. Like this, this shit is the real deal, man. And and it was still funny with with this heavy-ass subject matter when you get to um, child abuse and uh, issues with sons and fathers. Like, it's some real heavy shit in there that they also 
find a way to make funny at times. Like so, this is great. Like an, another solid episode. Yeah, absolutely. I mean it. It it went from it was a, a nice transition from a, a more lighthearted episode of Barbershop mm-hmm. into something that was that's really deep. And a correction on my end: uh, the album is called "Music of My Mind" uh, by Stevie Wonder. But yeah, it, let's just like get into the you know the the, the play by play. So uh, okay. you know, first of all, like we mentioned, uh, these these three. Uh, Atlanta recaps that we're putting out right now uh, is a bit of a capsule where it, it, it highlights uh, some of the, the co-stars of, of the show more so than Donald Glover, uh, mm-hmm. with the first one being uh, Van in, in the episode Helen, uh, the previous episode Paperboy in Barbershop, and this time Darius in um, the Teddy Perkins episode. So it opens up uh, with uh, Darius uh, in a, a uh, I guess, a hardware store. Uh, yeah. He's asking for uh, um, dried mangoes or, or ginger, you know, which is, you know, typical of his character to be asking for fruits <laughs> and herbs in a hardware store. And then actually being annoyed by the fact that they don't have them. Yeah, he was disgusted. Like, you could see it like that. This place sucks. <laughs> <laughs> But what he did pick up, and he was asking for it at the register, and he happened to look over and see this. Uh, what what did it say? Made in uh, made in the Southern South. Made. It was a Confederate made, flag, right. and it said Southern Made on the other side, which is a play of saying, "Oh, uh, it's just the heritage of the South. This isn't something mm-hmm. that validates slavery mm-hmm. or racism." Which. I would say it's kind of intrinsic to it, but I guess it's subjective. But he picks the hat up in a red marker. It's a red hat. So I'm like, what the hell is he doing? Like, what the fuck? So you see him writing on a hat as he's uh, exiting the store. And soon as I saw what was going on, I instantly thought, I need that hat. Because it was, a, keep in mind, red hat with white letters. So mm-hmm. he used the red marker to uh, basically erase some of the letters and he left a couple and it read you mad <laughs> and then he saw this white lady and she looked at him like confused and shit and he just smiled and started whistling i'm like oh my god he tilted the cat batter <laughs> yep, right exactly the tip of the hat if you will <laughs> so very good and i looked at that like you know uh virgil abloh uh shout out virgil abloh <laughs> off white um one of the things that he's he's done, or at least he's done uh, recently, was he'll take like a felt tip pen and he'll write right. something kind of in a way that actually uh, Michael Basquiat was 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 yeah. just, you know, doing spray painting with Samo. Yeah. It was kind of mm-hmm. like that, like this, this artistic um, endeavor of, 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 you know, black man. So that's kind of what I felt in that. But then, of course, I also felt the subversion of just coloring that and you mad and all of that, just just yeah. kind of like a little tongue in cheek. Um, so yeah, that that's him riding out, you know, to go pick up uh, the piano. So he goes out to, I guess it's like a suburb of Atlanta, where they have a mansion, <clears throat> and you can already feel like this this episode is is kind of like uh, it's an ode to this previous generation of stars who. We're, we're so blinded that they they made their appearance to, to kind of look white. Like, you can even talk about James mm-hmm. Brown with perm in his hair, 
yeah. you know, Little Richard, of course, Michael Jackson, you know, all these different all these different stars. So it kind of felt like that era, like the Motown era. But right, I can't exactly. really think of nobody outside of the Jacksons in the Motown era that altered their 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 uh Bro. Every fucking like I remember uh this first hit me when I was watching um the Tempt you know what I always get these movies confused. I don't know if it's the Temptations or the Fire Heartbeats. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. They're the like the same movie, movie yes. <laughs> right. But whichever one had Robert Robert Towns, it, it was that one. Five Heartbeats, I think. So, yeah. yeah. Who knows? <laughs> so look, like heartbeats. and I've seen both of them a thousand times. But right. It was the scene where uh it it was near the beginning of the movie, Robert Townsend was coming up to, uh, he had a wife beater on and like his hair wrapped up and shit. And I was thinking like, he looks like a fucking idiot. Like with his hair all fright, like who thought ever thought that, but that, that was the style. And it's much like women who wear their hair like that now. Like that should look crazy when we see it. Cause that's not normal. Like, and no knocks against women who go get perms. I, I don't have no problem with it, but it's just, it's kind of, it's weird to me how that is the norm. Like, I look at that and that looks normal, whereas I look at a dude who does the same thing and he looks like Young Jock. He getting clowned infinitely. Mm -hmm. You right, know what right. I'm saying? So, like, it's just that whole dichotomy. But, that's, but the weird thing is, I mean, that's how dudes wore their hair back in the day. The, and, what and Young Jock is doing, you know. It, it, was accept, it was perfectly acceptable. So, like, in, the, in that era, like, that's just how they, that's how they dress. Fucking Prince. Like he came mm -hmm. out with the fro like for the last year, but that yeah, nigga had a perm, yeah, that perm like his whole career. Forty years, <laughs> right? And I, I, you know, I want to spend too much time on that, but like when you said how it's weird when women wait wear perms and stuff, like it was kind of like a, a dig on, on that on a uh, Black Panther where you remember the ball headed the the ball headed uh, girl yeah. wore the mm -hmm. wig and like how she said she felt so she ridiculous with her hair like that yeah and she used it as a weapon to throw in a white man's face before whooping his ass <laughs> oh yeah yeah we, we, don't get me started on that we can talk right, about right. that that's why I was like that's why, that's why I, I prefaced that with I don't want to spend too much time on this <laughs> but yeah so they ride up and then like you see you know you get to the house. Uh, you know, it's a mansion, but it immediately gives you, you know, the feeling like this isn't going to be played straight. Like it's it's eerie, it's dark. Like the guy doesn't greet him. He opens up the door, and then he's like, "Was that Stevie Wonder that was playing?" <laughs> which was the uh, the sweet little girl, which gives you that feeling of the the legacy of 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 black people that were exploited in the music industry. Not saying Stevie Wonder was exploited, right. but that era of, you know, the 60s, the 70s, of this this dark, like, this is a time that hasn't really been explored of, like, what made Michael Jackson want to change his appearance and the Jacksons change their appearance the way they did. You know, right. what were some of the, the things that were going on in black households that, in a positive and a negative way, that led to all of these stars and things like that. I, I think that hasn't really been touched on. So it really, um, you know, kind of opened up a space where this is a show that's about black culture. It's about the ability mm -hmm. to monetize black culture with the underlying story of Paperboy. But the fact that they're, they're, they're uh, kind of digging a little deeper to talk about, you know, previous generations and how, right. you know, black music, it's American music and music is culture. Therefore, black culture is American culture. I mean, that's a book that I keep wanting to read that I can never like 
actually sit down and read the book Blues People, which talks about the evolution of how people came over as slaves and how the music that we created through our struggle became the music of America. And then you got a guy like Elvis Presley that comes along and co-ops it and then becomes this megastar. Uh, shout out to HBO. They got a they got a special coming on about Elvis called The Searcher coming out in a in a week or so. But All right. what are you saying, Louis Newton? Yeah, just just to touch on Elvis Presley, the the king of rock. <laughs> like what is the king of rock? Like I just saw an article uh, where someone was talking to his manager. And this was before he even met Elvis. Like, so he was saying, like, he said this in an interview. Like, it wasn't like, oh, it's some back room. Like, he said this to somebody recording him who he knew was going to put it on paper. He said, yeah, um, if I could find a white man who could pull off that Negro soul sound, I would make billions. Like he said, and then he went and found Elvis. <laughs> like, come on, man. Oh, man. But he, Whoa, transparency. And, and then the other shit, like I, and this, this wasn't meant to be like, there was more of a tongue to sheep cheek they're not thinking about it but i always think back to back to the future i love that movie and i really loved it when i was a kid but once i uh got a little more mature i went back and watched it as an adult and one scene stuck out where he was he was uh at the school dance playing the chuck berry like and he's shredding the shit and <laughs> somebody goes in the back and gets on the phone and they made it a black dude like it shouldn't have been like they know that was a white motherfucker saying that shit but he caught up like he called up whoever is like, you know that new sound you were looking for? I found it. Mm. And that just hit me like, nigga, that's a, a black dude, though. And that's kind of what happened to Chuck Berry. Like, the fucking Beach Boys completely stole his song and shit and just sung Surfing USA over it. And, like, I think he lost that fucking uh, lawsuit, too. I'm not 100% sure, but it was blatant. But, yeah, like... But moving on, I'm not going to get bogged down in that. Like, so he knocked on, like you said, he didn't even get to knock. He was about to knock and the door just came open. And then he finally meets this guy. And I thought he was a white man. Like, I literally thought he was white until later on in the episode when I heard his name. And I'm like, wait, his last name is Perkins? Right. 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 It's like. Between like later on, Mike after all the surgery and one of them monkeys from the Planet of the Apes, and not the the good Planet of the Apes, the old one. Like when when they first redid it with fucking uh, who was it? I don't remember, but uh, yeah, like it, he looked horrible. <laughs> yeah, I was like with a name like Theodore Perkins, I expect he looked like Levon Hawkins or something. <laughs> right, and I'm like, damn, like. He's a dude, like, I'm looking at, like you said, like, Michael Jackson. I'm like, was this nigga in the Pepsi commercial, too? Is that his excuse, too? How this nigga <laughs> turn like this, turn into a white man? But I'm like, hey, Vitiligo is a motherfucker, man. Right, like, I ain't want to say it. Like, I was going to put that in the notes, that Vitiligo is a motherfucker. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this is, it, it immediately shows this is not your typical Craigslist transaction. Um, So... You know, this guy is making it very creepy. And then he, and then it's weird, like, he has the gesture where he has his two hands out like this, all dainty. And I'm like, nigga, your name is Teddy Perkins. Where the fuck you learned that gesture at? 
But bro, like I looked at that like that was a handshake. Like he he Darius introduced himself and he like, Hey yeah, you know I'm Darius and so he's like, Oh, I'm Teddy Person and put both of his hands out like like what 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 am I supposed to do with that? Like I in in that moment you just hold him like this. I felt like right. I felt like you know how a white dude feels when well, no, not a white dude. A racist white dude feels when uh, it's time to shake a black man. <laughs> like he don't know mm-hmm. what to do, so he gets to doing all type of crazy. Like that's how I will feel in that situation. I, I don't know what to just like. Uh, do I do a double fist round? Like what the well, fuck? This is what that's you do. Crazy. So so let me give you a little culture. This is what you do in that situation. Okay. You hold both hands. You do a nod, and then you move on. That's I it. think I might punch him in the dick. I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Take, Nobody, that's man, not a thing. It can't take you nowhere, man. It's terrible. <laughs> but, so, back to the, the point that you made, like, their initial interaction was connecting over music, Stevie Wonder. Um, and it's interesting that it, the, the show starts with Sweet Little Girl. You know, it's interesting that like, that's the song that he's riding out to. Right. Um, and, then, and then he's like, you know, the piano was free on the message board. And the guy's just lingering with him, just talking to him, trying to have a conversation. And it's like he's all, you know, he's already in the record business. But it's interesting what he says about rap music. How he says oh, rap yeah. never grew out of its adolescence; that it's an insufficient art form. Like, what, what were your thoughts about that? My thoughts were, it's just that generational gap. Mm-hmm. Like, it's somebody who <clears throat> didn't grow up. In rap, they grew up, and then rap happened. So it, it's a difference. Like with our generation, we grew up, and it was, but we didn't even go through the infancy stage of it. Like we, when we first started listening to it, it was on the radio. It, mm-hmm. was, everywhere. it was everywhere. Like, yeah. For my for my brother, like he's nine years older to be for him, he remembers when there was no rap, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you hear LL Cool J, and like you got to go, you got to actively try to seek it out and find it so the people who were before that who didn't jump on who were still maybe in uh, i don't know whatever was before rap they were they were listening they never jumped on the bandwagon they were too old and set in their ways like really so yeah yeah so like they they blues exactly so they looking at rappers oh it's vulgar blah 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 They, they, they didn't really buy in so they can appreciate the success that it has in the cultural impact, but they are always kind of diminishing it at the same time. Like somebody who never really got into rap, who would talk bad about it, but can't give you any examples. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that type of situation. So that, that's how I saw it. Yeah. And it was, it was interesting that the, the responses Darius gave him. So he said it never grew out of his adolescence. He's like, well, you know, Jay Z's like sixty-five. He's still rapping, and then it was like, it's 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 efficient as an art form. And then Darius is like, well, you know, sometimes people just want to have a good time, as opposed to like saying, oh, you know, music is about the struggle, about being in you know crack epidemic mm-hmm. and Reaganomics and and, and yep. you know institutional racism and. It's a it's an art form. It does, like he didn't say any of that stuff. He was just like, yeah, hey, it's just what happened. And you know what? That kind of that kind of makes me wonder about what the the message of the like what what is this show trying to say? Because this isn't a show that 
is just like some surface level shit. Like there, it, it's a lot of exactly. symbolism in here. Like so, like I was kind of confused as to what they were getting at with that. Like, and Donald Glover being a actual rapper, like, and then he's kind of shying away from it. Like he's went into the red bone and stuff. Like said, oh yeah, this is my last album. So like, yeah, I, I was just kind of confused about that. Right, and and to your point of, of of talking about how deep this show is, ladies and gentlemen, that's why Anthropology is covering it because we mine and mine culture. But but back to the episode, a uh, little plug there. But uh, yeah, so I'm like, uh, I thought that that's interesting. That is that a play of saying like people that are a lot of practitioners of the music that are successful in it don't value it either and are just using it as you know like just a, a way to make money like just selling like selling drugs or anything like that which is a no motif in rap where people just say man you know rap game remind me of the crack game or or mm-hmm. you know selling rap records and like selling drugs or you know stuff like that and maybe that's what where you're trying to go with that I don't know but um but real quick like that, and that's not just limited to rap, though. Like that's the music industry. I said business, the music industry as a whole. Like it's been known. Like there have always been the artists who people consider real artists, and they 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 haven't sold out. And then it's always been the commercial artists who are considered the sellouts. And a lot of times you go from the real to the set. Like a perfect example is Kiss. They're like a, a a legendary rock band, I would think. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% yes, sure. Yes, but yes, but they are. they're also like notorious for monetization of mm-hmm. music and just selling. They, they would sell their soul for a buck. Like, so it, that, that, <laughs> that's the music industry in general. Like, it pulls that. It, it gravitates to that. And the thing is, that's all subjective. Yeah, it's all subjective because if you're a fan of Kiss, you're happy to see their stuff all over the place. In some cases, mm-hmm. like you know, it's just like snobs and cynics like you that always want to be judgmental <laughs> about people saying they're selling out when people are just living their truth and following their dreams, motherfucker. But you want to sit yeah. there like a cynic and call everybody a damn coon. You want to call Kiss coons? They ain't even black. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing that makeup like a damn cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's white, too. <laughs> How you white and white face? <laughs> okay. I'm not calling them coons, but like, like for somebody like Plies, who is college educated and sounds intelligent in interviews to get on track and sound like an idiot, you're not living your truth, man. That, that's not your truth. I mean... <laughs> I mean that; those are facts. I mean if that. I mean, but isn't that any different than Drake, like having like you know Caribbean patois and things like that? But when he talks in in uh, interviews, he's like, "Well, you know, I don't know. Like I was thinking, and then this, and then like that." Uh, you know what? I, hmm, that's <laughs> that's interesting because I, I don't think I've ever really heard a Drake interview. But from what I understand, he. And you know what? I have never read this anywhere. Just judging by his music, he grew up with some fucking 
uh, wherever the fuck they talk with the patois, like they the people were there, like he was around. But I mean, he does that in his music, but he's not talking like that in interviews. He talks more like you know the the mixed kid that was around white people all the time, not the mixed kid that okay, was around so, black people all the time. That's what I'm saying. And it, that wow. makes perfect sense. But like, so for him to go into that in his music and say a couple, uh, and you know, he's got people like who actually talk like that saying that shit. Like, I, I don't. He's not a heavy patois user in his fucking right. music. He sounds like yeah, all right. but. All like right, that, I digress. All right, but, let's move but, on. So, so, real quick though, somebody who who would do that, who does do that, and did, and is kind of fading into the background, Iggy a fucking zay. I knew you were going there. <laughs> I knew you were going to like, say that. That, that was right in my yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Like, I can think about some cartoon where he had both of them on it, and it was like she was doing it way more than him or something. Like they were <laughs> trying to make a point of that. But all right, like yeah, moving along. So. So he, so he's there. They're, they're sitting on the couch. Back to the episode, ladies and gentlemen. So they're here on the couch, Darius and uh, and, my, and Teddy, and, and he and he cracks open an ostrich egg. And I think that's hey, like, what's wait, up? Before he does that, you missed yeah. the part. Like he says, "Uh, are you you want a glass of water?" He asked Darius if he wants a glass of water. So Darius like, "Uh, yeah, I could use the water." So he hits the intercom and he says, "Um." Yeah, um, Darius would like a glass of water if you're not too busy. So that was it. Like, continue. It's going to come back up. Right. So then he says, uh, and then Darius asks him, because, you know, Darius is just, you know, part of his, his character on the show is he's curious. So he asks, hey, you know, what's that right there? And then he says, that's, you know, it's a, <laughs> an ostrich egg. So a it's soft boiled. A soft boiled <laughs> ostrich egg. <laughs> And he just cracks that motherfucker open in front of him, just hacking at it. Just like, and that's like a way of kind of stunting, like, because that's got to cost some money. Like, I'm thinking, like, that's some big ass Fabergé egg or some shit. Right, yeah, exactly. Cracks that motherfucker no, he's about open to eat like that it's motherfucker. nothing. But you know what? It, it That was a different level of stunting, because it wasn't even stunting like I'm stunting on you. It's just. This is my everyday life. I eat ostrich eggs for breakfast. Because he asked him, did he want some? And mm-hmm. Darius was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> so he cracked that. And it's all goopy inside. That shit looks so disgusting, man. Like, ugh. Who eats a soft-boiled egg, period? Like, what the fuck? Ew. Soft-boiled egg. I've never even heard of that. <laughs> right. Is that, like, is that a thing? Nah. Well, it kind of <laughs> reminded me of that Dave Chappelle episode when he did that Cribs thing. It's like it's life is beautiful. They cut the head off the Spit motherfucking head off. dinosaur or some shit. That's what they kind of felt like in the moment. But yeah, so then, you know, like he says, uh, he doesn't have a, what do you say? He didn't have a maid. And then he, and then he goes through his messages on the um, intercom. Right. Oh, you, you just killed it. But yeah, like he, we don't know that at the time. At the time, you're thinking the uh, he's got a butler bringing the water. So, like later on in the episode, he Darius says, uh, "You know, I never got that water." And then the guy says, "Oh, I, I don't have an intercom. That's just a recording for myself." And he's like, "What?" And then he plays it, and it's some shit that he says, "Oh, well, you got to do this. Wash your hands immediately." And Darius wants some water. If you're not too busy, get him some. 
it was just some like surreal like this motherfucker just his frame of mind is like nigga i gotta get the fuck out of here but Darius, he I guess he wants that piano. So What's that piano, man? all that, like all these signs of something ain't right here. He persists. Yeah, I mean, you got to know there's something wrong when they're they're giving away free pianos. Like it just giving away. <laughs> How does that even happen? People don't give away free pianos. But anyway, so this is all still in the spirit of this this guy Teddy Perkins. Uh, you feel like he's stalling, but you get the sense that he's lonely and he's finally had somebody over. So he's trying to like, like even the egg was a way of showing hospitality and stunting on him. And then, you know, having the intercom and, you know, all that stuff, making sure he gets his gets the water right and stuff. But then he shows him pictures and he talks about his brother, Benny, Benny Hope, who's yep. his brother, this fictional, 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 fictitious, fictional. That's not a word. Um, artist, fictitious. We're going to say it again. <laughs> this fictitious. Fictitional isn't a word. Yes, it is. This shit is not a word. Bro. I'm All about right. to Google that shit right now. All right. Anywho. <laughs> um, Benny Hope. And then, it, and then it, it shows a lot of pictures of, of, of stars of, of days of yore. Of jazz artists. Right. Uh, Keith Jarrett. These people. And then... Um, it goes on to the fact that he Benny Hope has a skin disease. Fictional is a word. I stand corrected. Conversion of There you Fuck go. You Brought man. to you by Converse. <laughs> Brought to you by Converse. My I just one. dunked on this nigga like Dr. J <laughs> going up against the, the L.A. Michael Cooper, whoever that was with the motherfucker. <laughs> dunked on that motherfucker, man. You, Said the word. You could tell you've never been there before. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you have a conversion, I just run in like Barry Sanders throw the ball down. I've been there before. You know what I'm saying? I have class. I don't. You want to cut the nets down. Cut the nets down. I'm celebrating, nigga. Fuck you. But anyway, so. He Another talks to Rose on my nigga. <laughs> my nigga Luke. Let's go. But anywho. Back to the episode. Back to the episode. So. Another another deep part that I'm thinking is this whole skin condition, man. What do you think about that? Like, he's talking about sacrifice throughout the episode, yeah. and then yeah. his this the the star, the guy who who makes it, Benny Hope, who's a successful whatever jazz musician or whatever of his time, R and B, whatever the case may be, because I'm assuming this is of that era, develops this rare skin condition. What did you yeah, think of that? Like that he can't, the, he becomes photosensitive and all that stuff. Do you think that's just coincidence, or supposed to be this this metaphor for for sacrifice and appropriation? Like, what, what were your thoughts there? All right, my my immediate thoughts were like in the moment, I was looking at how Teddy Perkins, like his appearance, he was screaming Michael Jackson, so. I was looking at it as, okay, maybe it's some, he got a skin condition, so he's changing his appearance to facilitate what he believes is perfection, like something like that. Or Mm -hmm. maybe it's when he said photosensitive, I know that's sensitive to uh, sunlight or whatever, but like I'm thinking maybe the symbolism means, okay, he got that limelight and he got everything he wanted. He sacrificed all this for it, and he got it. And 
he's allergic to it. Like so he he's running from like he did all this all this practice and all this hard work he put into it, got what he wanted, but the what he got in turn from it, like he's shying away from because he's just used to the process. He's not used to the glory. Like that's kind of where I was thinking. So he became a recluse. Yeah. And then, you know, abusive fathers and all that kind of stuff, I guess, plays into that of this, this like Michael Jackson having an abusive father and stuff. And we'll, Mm -hmm. we'll get more into that in a second. But a point I want to make about, he's talking about the skin condition, how he never goes out. Then he's like, Maybe a great album, a masterpiece will come out of it. Yep. And it, what 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 I felt that was reminiscent of is like for me, I've always been like an avid Rolling Stone reader and things like that, and they would capture like the moment of like the whole period oh, of when somebody right. made an album, and right. it kind of took me back to that time when when an album was it felt more like a time capsule of an artist's life. Whereas now, you know, with the streaming era and, you know, obviously with hip hop, the mixtape era and then the streaming era where you could just go in the studio, make a song, upload some art and make and go make a gold record where there's not a lot of incentive to make an album because you, you look at the medium in which music is listened to. It's listened to on your phone and stream, whereas before it was a vinyl album. It was a cassette. It was a CD. Go ahead. Okay, yeah, it, it's that, that's interesting that you say that because what my mind goes to is the era we're in now. Like, I immediately thought of Joe Button. Niggas don't fuck with Joe Button like I fuck with Button. Right, I'm I looking fuck at you with, like what? I, I fuck with Button. That he he's a fucking lyricist. He's a real real fucking rapper. Him, but right, right. but like one of one of his major qualities that makes him a real artist. He puts his soul on a track. Oh my like if you listen to a song from his album, he'll talk about everything that's going on in the headlines that people are talking about him about. He's giving you his perspective on shit that people are already talking about because he's on Love and Hip Hop and he has a podcast and they bring his fucking name up for everything. And that, that extends further to other artists like you got a Cardi B. She was on, uh, wasn't she on Love and Hip Hop? Yeah. Yeah, so she was on Love and Hip Hop. She's dating fucking Quavo. She's... No, Offset. What? Whatever. Okay, yeah, let, let me be respectful. She's dating, dating, which one? Offset. One of them, my boy, niggas. Yeah, Offset. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, so she is pop culture. She... This is a snapshot, like all this media and all the the buzz she's getting. Her album, when that drops, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but that's a snapshot of this time. Like that Bodak Yellow, that's a snapshot just the way the Rolling Stones would snapshot a fucking album of what's going on. We're getting that without the Rolling Stones directly. Right, right, directly, like here. real time because it was because yeah. of social media, right, so... You can see people live it, and then you can hear how they play it in their music as opposed to you got to wait till some journalist writes an article about it and then hear it. It's a good point. They they always made the argument like back in the day about, and not just with musicians, but actors, celebrities in general, there was no direct line to them. You could write a fan letter, (laughs) but that was really your only means of communication. But 
that added to, and they would say, oh, it adds to the mystery, so you don't know, like, nowadays, oh, if they piss in a mop bucket, then you know it to me, but what that's doing is it's connecting them to, it's, it's taking that snapshot, like, with, especially, like, the Taylor Swifts in the weekends who rap about their relationships or sing about their relationships, like, you know exactly, and, you, and with the social media added in, you know right. not only they're going through, but who they're going through it with. You're getting a full sensory experience. You get to exactly. see it here it feel it with them all that kind of stuff so i i could see yeah two schools of thought where you know me i prefer like the mystique whereas you're more of you know like a low attention span low iq idiocracy level dude that that needs that immediate gratification so i understand that i respect that it's cool so yeah back to uh, so uh, like i was saying you know you there's the immediate gratification of you see things in real time and then the music is, is played out that way and then you have more of the mystique of the album. So, like you said, there's a, like a change in the guard and it's actually a good thing. So, yeah. but, but still, you know, they're in this space where, you know, he goes away and then he's like walking through the house and then he hears, you know, he hears the piano playing. So he goes he? upstairs. Yeah, so he goes upstairs. No, I'm saying, who is he for the listeners? So Darius hears the piano playing. Um, he goes upstairs. And then Ali, when he goes in the room, well, he knocks on the door. Uh, <laughs> uh, Teddy says, Benny's sleeping. So I'm like, who's playing the piano if Benny's sleeping? Uh-huh. And it wasn't just a... Oh, he opened the door and he's just saying, no, he cracked the door and was peeking through. Mm-hmm. And like uh, Darius is trying to kind of look in like, oh, he see the piano. It's nobody there. He sees a wheelchair, but doesn't see anybody. All, all he sees in the room is Teddy. So he immediately is like, uh, okay, um, well, and then Teddy cuts it short. He's like, uh, you never got that water, did you? I'll get it for you. It's downstairs. And he puts the door closed a little further. He's like, uh, yeah, just go downstairs. I'll bring it to you. Just trying to get him out of there. But he was like, so, it was weird that he asked him bottle or tap. I'm thinking in this situation how weird this is. Of course I want bottle, which is what Darius <laughs> says. But, but then he says. What made it even weirder? Okay, go ahead, go ahead. But then he says, oh, you want bottle. So I'll mix <laughs> a, a, a Fiji. With uh, Poland Springs and uh, uh, Voss uh, with uh, Dasani, uh, with the with the tap of orange spring, and then when he gives him the water, it's in a glass. I'm like nigga, ask you for a bottle. What the fuck? <laughs> nigga, I want to crack my shit open, nigga. <laughs> this is the Me Too era. You ain't about to be O'Connor's be me. <laughs> but but we slightly go ahead because there's a there's a there's a moment out where he's actually talking to Paperboy that we need to talk about. Oh, where man. I, he said something about a two regret life limit pack. Like I wrote that down, but I had no. I still don't know what the fuck that means. Do you but, have any, bro? Bro, that shit. Darius is my favorite character, man. Like that that nigga's my spirit animal, man. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I fuck with Donald Glover, but Darius is me. I told so, you. I told you. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you was right about that shit. Yeah. Trash can't get a steak every now and then. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> <laughs> so look, when he said that shit, I felt it. He said, I got a two regret life limit. 
So basically, if if he didn't leave because he said, you know what? If I leave, I'll regret it because I really want this piano. Like whatever I got to do, like I I love, I, I I need this piano. If I leave, I'm gonna regret it. And that goes for, oh, if I didn't take this job, I'll regret. If I didn't leave this job, I'll regret it. If I didn't talk to that particular woman. I'm going to regret it. He lives his life without that sense. Like, no, if I feel like I'm going to regret it, I'm going to do it. Or even I'm going to do it so I don't regret it. Like, if I do it and it doesn't work out, I tried. I'm not, I can't get mad at that. I, I right. did what was, what I thought, I, I did what would make me happy and mm -hmm. it, it didn't work out. So fuck it. But right. I, I went for it. Mm -hmm. exactly. What Jay-Z said, I'm not afraid of dying and I'm afraid of not trying Every day hit every wave like I'm Hawaiian, like on some shit like that. But he took it a step further with the the limit. He put a hard ass limit on there where if which he I didn't get. Yeah, I didn't get that the hard limit. Talk 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 to us. Okay, so the hard limit was, yeah. Um, I got a two regret limit. If I get to if I make it to two regrets, just take me out. Like I got I got a guy. He's just gonna say, like how would and then paperwork say well how would he know you got the two. I would tell him. <laughs> so he don't want to live like that. So if he has two regrets, then he, then he'll die. He'll get somebody to kill him. If he's not living his life to the limit, he don't want to live it at all. Mm. Another Jay Z lyric. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck trying. You try nine to five is how you survive. Fuck trying to survive. I'm trying to live it to the limit to and the love it alive. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I felt that in my like, soul, man. That's why it's so hard for me to keep a job. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I just tip that down right. I feel that shit in my soul. Not if I was how you survive. I ain't trying to survive. Shit. <laughs> you trying to pay these bills or what, nigga? <laughs> I got kids. I don't have that luxury. Right, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not about to have that luxury in a minute. <laughs> but anyway... Wait, Wait, what? No, she's not pregnant. Okay, you keep wanting oh, to yeah. like put a pregnancy, put a baby on me, man. I ain't got a baby yet, man. I, I, I'm just saying, I, I want you to be in the same position that I am. Man. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know, I know where this energy's coming from. You got all this freedom and shit. Y'all be going out on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> no, <Nah>, man, no, <Nah. laughs> no, nah, nigga. It's time for play dates and shit, nigga. <laughs> right. That's the only date you going on, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so back to the episode where So he's talking to he's talking to Paperboy who's in, you know, they're going to get some food. Mm -hmm. Um he's got my man, I can't remember his name who went to jail, who's in the in the uh he's riding yeah. shotgun. Okay. And shout out to Donald Glover in the back. Like playing the scene, playing the episode low key. Like, well, not actually low key because he's actually Teddy Perkins, but right, right. this scene, he's quiet. But um, so then um, you know, uh, in order to relay what's going on to uh, Paperboy in this situation, he says that my man looks like Sammy Sosa. To which Paperboy is not aware of the transformation that Sammy Sosa has <laughs> gone through, uh, which is which is well established. Much like our nigga. Wait, if if you aren't aware, if if that went over your head, if you heard the transformation of Sammy Sosa and you don't know what we're talking about, stop what you're doing, pause the podcast, we'll be here when you get back, this is important, pause the podcast, Google Sammy Sosa 
and you're gonna laugh your fucking ass off. <laughs> Continue. Cause it's like, why? Like, why'd you do this? <laughs> why? Like, I don't get it, man. Like, hey, nigga, like, I know you went, I, I know you went to Congress because of the steroid shit. <laughs> Turning your shit, self your white ain't gonna change that shit. I don't get it. I don't get it. Bro, I had that exact, like, almost verbatim conversation at work, like, a week and a half ago. Like, I, I, we, we was talking, and I, I called somebody to send me so fast, and he's like, what? I'm like, bro, Google that nigga, man. Do it right now. We on the line. We working and shit. So, like, three cars later, I just hear this nigga bust out laughing and shit. It's like four of us. Like, that shit went all up and down the line where we showing each other these pictures of Sammy Sosa. Like, but the shit is a fucking astounding how and it didn't even happen like over time, like slowly. Like, Michael Jackson, it was gradual. He got lighter and lighter. Nose got skinnier and skinnier. With Sammy, it's like he was testifying to come from the Congress hitting 60 home runs. And then you Google him and he's like Casper. He's fucking powder. He, he, he's white. Like he's, he's like Dave Chappelle when he plays the white newscaster on the Chappelle show. Right, like, right. It's like, and it's like, why? I, I don't get the motive behind it. Like, why did he do this? Like, you look crazy, you, man. And he didn't get no surgery. Didn't lose. A, you look like a big ass. Nigga who got hit with a pile of baby powder. Like, you don't even look like a white person. So what did, <laughs> what, what did he do? Did he bleach his skin? Or what, what was the story behind this? Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I only looked at pictures and laughed. I didn't go <laughs> in. <laughs> so all I know, that nigga could have skin cancer. <laughs> <laughs> right. You and me both, man. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I didn't go any further than the, than the images, I didn't go any man, further than the actual picture. <laughs> yeah, I didn't go any further than that. But um, just like, you know, so shout out to um, Atlanta for, like, I felt like this was a scene that, w- that was very honest to just how, like, friends interact nowadays, where they'll right. just, you know, they'll see an image, you know, and somebody else doesn't see it and they share it. And then it's like you, you you bond over this image of something that you looked up or some change that happened to somebody else that ain't nobody know about. So, Bro, if that shit was unscripted and just ad-libbed, I, if they that came out, I wouldn't be surprised at all because that's what it felt like. Like, it was so, like, it was so genuine. Like, it, I, I felt like I was in the car with him when they bust out laughing because I knew, and when Darius heard him laugh, he started kind of chuckling like, yeah, they get it. Like, that shit seemed, seemed just too authentic to be scripted. And it's like in the midst of like a very precarious right. situation mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. That, they're, that they're bonding over this. But it, so yeah, so now, now he goes back into the house. And um, he he takes a picture of the dude immediately, which is creepy. It's like, hey, nigga, I'm just here for a piano. You taking pictures of me, Polaroids and shit. <laughs> and they're at a gift shop, which to me, I don't know. I'm sure you've been to you've been to Motown Museum in Detroit, right? When I was little, not not in a long time though. Really? 
I yeah, just I, went to it like three years ago. I didn't go there when yeah, I was a kid. That's because you're not a real Detroit nigga. Fuck out of here. <laughs> I got it tatted on my shoulder, man. What you talking about, man? It ain't never been to the Motown Museum. What are you talking about? I've been to the Motown Museum. I just told you three years ago. Before, before the tat or after the tat? Before. Those are I facts. Don't I, I don't Those believe. Those are facts. Those <laughs> before, man. Before. But you know Two, what? Though, like niggas don't really know about that shit. They're like T Grizzly was just talking about. I was just watching the uh, Breakfast Club. Oh yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Where he was at, but yeah, it's like a disconnect. We I, I, niggas don't talk about that, shit, and they really don't. So I'm not surprised that you don't really know about your history. Just fuck out of here. <laughs> you know way more about my history than you. Bro, you, yeah, yeah, okay. We're not gonna get anyway because this, so, this episode could divulge <coughs> completely into me exposing you, but I'm not gonna do that. What? Me exposing <laughs> you, man? Get the fuck out of here, man! Like how you did that, though. I like well played, yeah, sir. Slid, well played, sir. That in under the premise of let's get back to the show. <laughs> Expose you, like damn. What? What? Anyway, man. Sat by the door and didn't do shit, ass nigga. <laughs> Sat by the door and didn't do shit. Man, I'm oh, gonna read not- that Spook by the Door book, man, eventually, all right? No, no you're not, man. No, yeah, you're I will. Not. I will read that, man. What are you talking about? Yeah, the book is better than the movie, but if it's easier, just watch the movie. There's a movie. It's on YouTube. Right, movie. For the listeners, the Spook Who Sat by the Door, great fucking movie. It's some black exploitation type shit, but completely different. It's we're not going to get into that. But where were we? So we were talking. We were at- Go ahead. Yeah. All right. So we're at the gift shop. And this is the first time that Darius realizes that this is actual, like, uh, actually like a Motown-like house. Like my man, uh, Teddy, said, right, right. oh, this is a gift shop. And I've already made it a historical, uh, a historical marker. So... He's saying, yeah, we're going to show all this. So then they go to another room, and it's more pictures, and they get to talking about their fathers or whatever. So so it's not just more pictures. There's an actual uh, mannequin with their oh, dad's yeah. old suit on it. And Darius <laughs> walks in and says, what's this? He's like, this is my father. Wait, all right, pause. Like, all right, we got to set this up right, because this shit was profoundly creepy. Mm-hmm. They, Darius is trying to leave. He's like, look, man, is there any paperwork? I'm I'm in a rush. I got to get the fuck out of here. And Teddy says, hey, uh, yeah, before you go, it's one more thing I have to show you. You're going to love it. You're, you're, you're not going to want to miss this. And call back. In my mind, I'm thinking Darius is like, I'm going to regret it if I don't go see what the fuck this nigga's talking about. So he agrees. So they get they go through this. Did, did they get on the elevator? No, they didn't have to get in the elevator. It's All right, just no like elevator. Button but and they, they, uh... open this, they open this dark-ass door. It's newspapers all over the windows. No light coming in. Pitch black inside. Opens the door, and he says, Go ahead, go inside. <laughs> I wouldn't have went in that motherfucker. Right, in the midst of like, hey, let's just get to business. Do I need to sign right. something? Then he right. presses a button and he goes into a dark room. Like, yeah, I'd be like, nah, bro. Like, as I was saying. <laughs> so you see a figure 
and because it's pitch black, but you see the outline of a figure, and you're thinking, oh, is that Benny? He hits a light. It's not a person at all. But he says, this is my father. It's a mannequin in a fucking suit. This is my father. Um, oh, my God. That shit was so creepy. I'm like, he's about to kill you right Don't Don't walk in front of him. You, you, no, tell him to leave the way. <laughs> he's like, he's responsible for all of this. <laughs> so, the way Donald Glover plays this Teddy Perkins character, it's as if he's like channeling Michael Jackson with the voice. Do you hear that? 100%. Like the voice, the hair, the face, everything. Like, that nigga's Mike. <laughs> he is Michael Jackson to the T. You just saying that because you're a fucking fanboy. I wouldn't say he's to the T, Michael Jackson. I would just say he's channeling Michael Jackson as a I'm host. not saying he's playing Michael Jackson and he's doing an excellent job at playing it. I'm saying the it's supposed to symbolize who Michael Jackson was and the struggles he went through. Through and it's like, it's it's not. I wouldn't even call this symbolism. He's hitting us over the head with it. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a a recurring theme on this on this show is that I am going to punch you in the fucking face with my metaphors and my symbolism. Like, uh, I, yeah. I'm not going to leave anything to chance. I'm gonna be very yeah. explicit about what the fuck I'm saying in a subtle that's way, that, though. <laughs> but but it's funny at the same time like cause oh, that, sure. normally i hate that shit but like with this show it, it, it's kind of like it's understood that it's supposed to be funny like you're not supposed to take some of this shit seriously like yeah so then he goes so yes he has this 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 image of his father and he talks about the regimen that he had to go through where he had six hours of piano class and then he had exams on the piano and if he failed, he got his ass whooped. And then Darius says, do you think that? I don't think that was, he was like, I don't think that was necessary. But then uh, he <laughs> said, he was teaching us to be good at life. So now I want to have a bus for all the great fathers. That's what he says. Yeah. About Marvin. Yeah, I mean, it- and this was what was fucked up because he said, he said, Joe Jackson. I'm like, okay. He says, Marvin Gay Sr., Marvin Gaye Sr. <laughs> shot Marvin Gaye Jr. What? what the fuck? Are you serious? And that's the one he leads with. Then he says Tiger Woods. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. That was crazy, man. Did you know? So Marvin Gaye's dad, Marvin Gaye Sr., actually was a crossdresser. You knew that, right? I did not know yes. that. He was a preacher who dressed up in women's clothing. That's so fucked up on so many levels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised. Well, you know, I'm like, I'm. Well, you go into that, uh, that, uh, homosexual agenda, that, that, that type of, you like, you, you, you kind of on that whole tap level over there. Like, so I, what? yeah. What? That, that has nothing down. to That's do kind of with, like, that has nothing to do with, Anything with me, I'm just stating facts, man. What are you talking about? I'm not on no hotep agenda with homosexuality. I'm just saying <laughs> that Marvin Gaye Sr. was a preacher who dressed up in women's clothing. That's all I'm saying. So That's why he named his son Marvin Gaye, right? Like, you, no, you, I, I nigga, that's not me saying that. That, that was just his last name. Bro, nobody want to hear your hotel bullshit, man. We we, this we is not it. no hotel bullshit. I was just 
giving you Wikipedia level facts, my nigga. Yeah, Marvin Gaye's father, he's the one who spiked Pimpsey's drink. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, okay, man. No, no, for real. Though. And that's weird, though. Like, and he, like, well, well, he died in jail, but yeah, so that was crazy. But because he killed Marvin Gaye. Like, nigga, you're not going to kill Marvin Gaye, well, even if you are his father, and just get away with it. Like, that's not discipline, nigga. You can't do that. But. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that. That's not discipline, nigga. You can't do that. <laughs> taking this, taking this good father shit too far with the tough love, nigga. But to that point, like, isn't it interesting how, like, you know, he says Tiger Woods' father, Serena Williams' father, and then and I immediately thought about Levar Ball and like how. Black fathers that discipline their kids and want a lot for their kids, they get vilified for some way. For yeah. having strict, you know, requirements for their kids. It's like, oh, like, you know, the whole LeVar Ball thing. Like, he's vilified in some sense, you know, in a lot of cases, but how he raised his kids and stuff. But, you know, they, they have the whole tiger mom thing. Yeah, Where, you know, Asian moms true. can be hard on their that's kids, that's whip them for not getting a 1600 on the SAT. And they and they go on to be professors at Harvard and shit and get canonized. See, and you touched on you touched on something that is a bigger issue in my opinion. Like, and I I don't want to get too deep. I I, I got to scrape the surface a little bit though. Like, it's a white liberal kind of guilt to where they aren't allowed to criticize other cultures. Like you could see women who in uh, the Middle East who aren't allowed to drive and have to cover their face up to leave the house and are legally allowed to get beat by their husbands. And they're not allowed to criticize that because it's a different culture. Oh, you're criticizing brown people. So we've got to be cool with that. Or we just, aren't going to say anything. If we ain't got nothing nice to say, we're going to shut the fuck up. And I, th- it's, I think it's some of that with like the Asian tiger moms or just just anybody or Indians who are pushing their kids to be doctors. Like it, it's a lot of that. But with the black people, we're still we're a color, but we're from here. So it's not a different culture. So they're like, oh, they're protecting the kids. Like, because we're within the same culture. So they'll say, oh, well, you're not allowing him to go out there and have fun and steal cars and shit. Like, you want him playing the piano? It's weird like that. Like, if you're mm-hmm. in a hood, what, nigga, Venus and Serena grew up in Compton. Right, the right. What the fuck else is it to do? Right. <laughs> but he's keeping them out of trouble. He's mm-hmm. doing it. But he'll get the, oh, you're being too hard. You're pushing right. them too hard. But, Look at the results, though. Mm-hmm. Like so, like my man was kind of making a good point, yeah. a point that could kind of be justified. But you shouldn't be beating your kids and sh- like uh, not, And it's a it's a difference between corporal punishment and abuse. But just looking at that motherfucker, Teddy Perkins was abused. <laughs> like, yeah. that, that that was more than getting getting the belt when you done fucked up. Like, and he had a so, rat. And he had a rat named Ben. <laughs> Pet rat. So, 
So yeah, so you clearly like he just puts it right in your face about just abuse, like just the the price of being like a, a child star or whatever and having abusive parents and mm-hmm. the 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 the, uh, the impact it has on your psyche and how it deludes you and all these different things. So then you go from there to like it, it's all right, man. I need to just get this piano. Some right. tax forms I need to fill out. What's going on, man? Like, you putting me on this tour. I just came to get this free piano. So then they go to, uh, what, what's next? So then they actually go to a room where he's filling out the forms for the piano. Yep. And, but Teddy is, like, visibly upset at this mm-hmm. point. Like, he, he's being short with him. He's cutting him off and slamming shit around. And uh, he says something where, what, what happened? Uh, it was like, uh, he was like, uh, uh, I think Darius was just trying to make small talk. Like, oh, man, I right. wish I could have met Benny, you know. And he was like, and then uh, Teddy's like, oh, well, you know, it's his skin condition. You know, it makes it very <laughs> hard to see people and all that. And Darius like, yeah, I can't even, I can't, I can't imagine. He's like, no, you can't. <laughs> just spaz out, just square it up on him, like just you out of nowhere. So hard. So it just lets you know. And then there's blood on the piano. Did you notice that? Yeah, I I did. And I at that point I'm like, did did he do that with his hand? Did something fall? Like or no, man. He's been he's been putting posting this free piano for years and just murdering people. <laughs> That's what I thought. You think so? You think that's what that Bro, was? That that blood was fresh, man. Somebody got fucked up, or it might have been him. You know it, and this is just popped in my head now. He might have because there was a lot of talk about the uh, the the cycles and shit later on in the episode. Like, yeah, I understand that you got fucked up, but you can't repeat the cycle. Maybe he's trying to get that album out of Benny. And doing the same shit that they was doing. Like, so that's why it was the blood on the piano. You know, you see what I'm saying? Like, so he got Benny, can't even fucking move or do nothing. He got him playing the piano, trying to get that album out of him. And when he fuck up, he gets abused just like they did when they was little. Because he's repeating the same cycle of violence that was perpetrated against him. Oh, shit. Abuse kids, abuse people. Yeah, but I'm... Which was weird, like, so was this the same piano that he was playing on, that he was selling to? Was this oh, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, it was blood on the piano he was selling. Damn, this fucking microphone good to deal. But, yeah, so... Glad you got a good mic, man. You know, we up in the technology, man. Anthropophagy, the brand is getting brolic. So we were, yeah. we, were, we were talking about um, yeah, blood on the keys. So it was weird. Like, yeah, like I, I, I didn't know what to make of that. Like you, because he's selling that piano. It's blood. Mm-hmm. It, like you said, it's fresh blood. Was that mm-hmm. his blood for when he slammed his hand on the piano or what? I didn't know. Couldn't tell. Yeah, man. That, that shit, it, it could have went anyway, man. And. See, we say that they hit us over the head with the symbolism, but it, then you get stuff like this where we don't know what the fuck was going on. You get stuff like in the episode of Helen with the pig 
which was major symbolism that they didn't even get into. So, like, on the other hand, like, they, they, they do it both ways. So, like, with this, I'm not sure. Like I said, it could have been, uh, from the hand, or it could have been from him playing and beating himself. Fucking, uh, what's that Tom Hanks movie with the, that he was trying to get the religious stuff in the Illuminati. What, what the fuck oh, Da Vinci Code? Yeah, some Da Vinci Code type uh, albino dude where he was whipping himself. Like, it, it must, like, he don't have his father no more. He whipping himself. That shit could have been anything. Man. I don't know. But whatever it was, it was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so at this point, he's like, okay, so it's got some blood on it, whatever. I'm going to take this piano and I'm going right. to the fuck out of here. So he took the piano, goes on the elevator, supposed to get off on uh, one, ends up in the basement. And who does he meet? Wait, he he wasn't supposed to get off on one. He pressed one. He pressed one on the elevator and it went down and it kept going. And he's hitting one frantically because he right, sees right. the next level basement. He did not want to go down there. Mm-hmm. So the door opens, and here's Benny. There is actual <laughs> Benny, because it was uh, hinted at during the episode, and I was thinking this myself from um, the earlier scene where he went upstairs, and he heard the piano, but he looked in there, and it was just Teddy. He had told Paperboy, like, I don't think it is a Benny. I think mm-hmm. Teddy right. is Benny, but he's so fucked up that he can't live with himself, so he created this whole nother person so no like the elevator goes out and there is an actual benny in a wheelchair who can't talk and is fully covered from head to toe you see no skin mm-hmm. so it's so, a guy in the pictures as he's walking mm-hmm. down the hall yep yep but it's like man like <clears throat> what the fuck this is so weird. This is so fucking weird, man. It, that, that's where it just took this huge turn. You are correct. This is so fucking weird. So he writes on the chalkboard as he sees him. Teddy kill us both. <laughs> that's what he wrote. That's all he wrote. <laughs> Darius is like, what, what do you want me to do? Gun in <laughs> attic. Oh, okay. Well, why don't you go get it? He's like, points is like, nigga, I'm in a wheelchair. <laughs> so, all right, fuck it. I'll go get it. But I'm going to put this piano in my car first. Right. That nigga wasn't going to get that shit. He wasn't going to get that fucking <laughs> He was gun. about to put that piano in his car and pull the, the fuck off. Get the fuck out of there. Right. Which I thought, so this is what I thought was weird. So he goes, he goes outside, he brings the piano out. And he sees the dude's car behind him. Nigga, I would have pulled that motherfucking U-Haul on the grass. Yes, brought that piano down. Got the fuck out of there. So he goes back. And he goes back with a weapon. Who goes back with a weapon to confront somebody to move their car? So he, that, what that means to me, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, what this nigga, what, what the dude in the basement told you? Could quite possibly be true, so you need to arm yourself. And that, at the very least, you pull the car up just like you said. Oh, I'm in a fucking U-Haul. This bitch will drive over whatever. I'm not. It's not mine. I'm gonna drive this bitch up 
open it if I still want the piano that bad. But at that point, I'm hopping in my U-Haul. I'm going home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But but like you said, he went back and grabbed a fucking weapon. But was he going to? No, see, even at that point, he wasn't even going for the gun. Like, he didn't think that Benny or that Teddy knew he talked to Benny. But, and this is something we also didn't touch on in the uh, episode, but it was cameras all through the house. Like, mm. the very first scene that we saw of him walking in the house, they showed Teddy Perkins in, in this, like, security room looking at all these oh, cameras. That's how he right, the store. right, right. Like, so Darius didn't know mm-hmm. that there were all them cameras. So he thought, oh, I'm just about to go in here and get this piano and get the fuck out of here. Like I'm going to act like I've never seen Benny. Mm-hmm. But he already knew he talked to him. Mm-hmm. And what happened when he came in? So he he says, um, uh, he's like, he goes and he says, hey, uh, your car is parked in front of me, which I thought was weird. It's actually behind him, but that's fine. Yeah, it was. <laughs> can, you, can you move it? He's like, yeah, I'll move it. <laughs> Anything else I could do for you? <laughs> He's like, oh, where's your bathroom? He's like, oh, the bathroom's upstairs by the attic. <laughs> I was just up there. Guess what I found? <laughs> Pull the shotgun out on his ass. <laughs> so... He's like, oh, damn, I fucked up. Like, I talked to his brother or whoever. Now he's got the gun. But the thing is, he says, congratulations. You're my sacrifice. Yeah. The fuck was that? It, that it, it, my first walkthrough, I, I still didn't quite know what the fuck was going on. Like... But I think it might have been what I thought. I thought, okay, it's maybe some devil worshiping shit. I, I, I didn't know. But then I'm like, okay, no, he's sacrificing his life to maybe free himself from his wheelchair-bound brother. Like, he doesn't want his brother around no more. He's got to take care of his brother. And... I guess he resents it. I, I don't. I don't I know. I don't think sh- that's the case because he's like his brother might make another great album or something. Maybe he was being sarcastic when he said that. Like uh, maybe we get another album out of it. But he was talking about some sacrifice before and how everything requires a sacrifice yeah. and great greatness comes from great pain and all these different things. So it's weird yeah. that he would want to kill Darius. It's like, what does Darius have to do with? with any situation with that. So it was just weird that it turned but like that. At the same time, like every single thing that happened was leading up to that. Like, <coughs> boy, it, like it wasn't a surprise when you realized that, oh yeah, he's going to kill Darius. Like it, it, it wasn't a surprise because look at this motherfucker. Darius just didn't pick up on it. And even further, like, he was like the conversations they were having were of such like, okay, yeah, I found this message board, but oh yeah, uh, who told you about it? Was it Karen? 
Oh, well, we oh, right, it, right. it could be because we don't use real names on the message board, so nobody knows who's who. Nobody knows he's there. And mm. he took his phone. So took his Paperboy, phone. He, at the very end, he took his phone. He should have did that. Oh, and right, a, right. Yeah, yeah. So, it, but he was calling his, his friends, so they know he's there on some, like, get out type shit. Like, this had a very get out feeling, like, the past... I ain't gonna say the past couple episodes, but like the the Helen episode was the same thing with that yeah. get out feeling. Helen was get out. I felt like that was definitely more get out than this. This was just, just yeah, it it, it it had that like just the drive up there. I had that kind of like he seen the white lady. I'm like, eh, this is uncomfortable because <laughs> I knew he was way somewhere far the fuck out the city where they're selling Confederate hats at the gas station. They not doing that shit in Atlanta, <laughs> right? Like, oh. They might point. be out of, I don't know. That's a good but point. I wouldn't assume. Yeah. So, like, it, even, like, at that point, I'm like, ooh, then he buy that motherfucker and scratch it out? Yeah. He on some Emmett Till shit. Like, fuck y'all. But, well, no. I, 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 all right. I took it too far right there. Yeah, I'm like, Emmett Till? Like, yeah, where, where are we going with this here? Right. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. But anyway, so... Yeah, so he, he pulls the gun on him. He says he's a sacrifice, which was weird. Then Darius, you know, tried to talk him out of it. Like, hey, you know, let's not do this cycle of violence. You know, maybe it could have been something else. You know, sorry you were abused. Don't take it out on me. You know, Stevie Wonder didn't do me like, didn't, didn't do it like this. You know, right. try to relate to him with the Stevie Wonder. He's like, well, Stevie Wonder was blind. And then Darius says, well, but not blind did. He saw through his music. And then then uh, Teddy says, beautiful, but you're wrong. <laughs> then but Benny pulls up in the elevator. And this shit looked like some Quentin Tarantino type shit. The way he pulled up and blasted that nigga. Like, like he had a ponytail and shit. That shit was crazy. It, it, it was very Reservoir Dogs-ish. <laughs> yeah, that nigga pulled up like, shot in the fucking, like, it looked like that. It it was uncomfortably realistic how he got hit and what it did to his body. And so, he sh- Benny shoots Teddy, and he wheels himself up to, uh, to Darius. And Darius, on the way back in the house, he picked up, like, uh, a poker, like a poker for a fireplace. Mm-hmm. So he's holding that, and they made he made him drop it by the by the uh, chair. So he tells Darius to give him the poker, but he's just kind of he can't talk, so he's just kind of gesturing, pointing at it. So Darius picks it up and gives it to him. He takes the shotgun, butt on the floor. You already know what's gonna happen. Butt on the floor, barrel to his face. Takes the poker and hits the trigger and blows his head off fuck off and it was again way more realistic than it needed to be but it was effective because it stopped me in my tracks my mouth was agape i'm like yeah. what the fuck did i just <laughs> right <laughs> i mean it's characteristic of atlanta like they they get very hyper real with the violence like, we just said two episodes ago that 
Oh, the violence is super surreal. He was dumping at this motherfucker with an AK-47 jumping over a counter. He didn't get hit. He's shooting at the car. Well, remember okay, Blue got- Jacket, though? Remember Blue Jacket last episode of last year? Where the, uh, the Uber driver got blasted? That is true. <laughs> like, that is true. They murked that nigga. Like, yeah, it, it, it goes surreal, then it brings you back down. Like... It's a fucking great show. You never know what you're going to get, but you know what you do know? It's always going to be good. I don't know that. That's a fact. Bro, this shit, like, kept, this shit kept me on my toes, man. Like I, yeah. I, I was enjoying every second of it. I didn't know what the fuck was going on, and I was enjoying my... It wasn't like I, I didn't know... I still don't know what's going on, on between those two. Yeah. Like, why, what, like, why they want to kill each other today? <laughs> what the fuck? Like, I just want this piano, my nigga. I got this ad. Like, I got right. this. You all, what's right. up? This nigga, and like, he pulled, like, like, you miss a part that that was weird. Like, he rolled up to him, and he's like, because, uh, so, like, he shoots him, Reservoir Dog style. He rolls up right. in a wheelchair. Darius is like, oh, shit. Hey, man, I'm sorry about what happened to you, bro. Hey, right. man. Hey. And he's like, Hey, he started pointing at him, gesture like, give me that thing. And it gets to the point where he snatches that shit from him. <laughs> he snatched that shit like, fuck it. Bow! Just blew his brains out. Like, what the fuck? Like, you know what that what? was? That, that, that was get out. That was How somebody so? who, it was somebody who's been in prison for years, probably. Kept in that fucking dark ass basement and shit, and who knows what the fuck Teddy was doing to his ass. Like, and he finally got a taste of free. Like, somebody else is here. He sent him down to the basement. He like, hey, he's gonna get. He told him to get the gun. What you think he was gonna do with that motherfucker? He might not even have been intending on killing his brother. He might have just killed himself because mm-hmm. of the circumstances he went in. Like, he was in some shit that he didn't want to live with, which is. If you really want to get into the symbolism, like, what the fuck is Donald Glover on? Like, uh, uh, I want to send that nigga to Suicide Hotline. Like, nigga, you, you, are you good? Well, why you say he that? Got, he got some songs where he, like, he don't want to go through with it. Like, he all depressed and type, type shit like that. And he's the fucking star. Is this really, like, him saying, okay, Teddy is my... Outside, that's who I present to the world. I'm this white on the outside, but you know I'm still a nigga on the inside person. But who I really am is Benny in a fucking basement strapped up and I can't do what I want. And this is me wildly speculating. So yes. don't attribute yes. this. But, wildly. but I, can, I, I can see it though. Like it, He yes. played Teddy. He played so what? Teddy. So what? He played Teddy, man. Bro, like, I, I'm, I'm going to send you some of the songs. Like, bro, he'd be on some depressed, I don't want to live no more type shit. Like, on some suicidal thoughts type shit. Biggie suicidal thoughts type shit, bro. But like, why, he, though? But why, though? Why? why, why I don't know what his, <laughs> what his life is like. Man, <laughs> see, he grew up he in the suburbs and went to Yale and, like, and, and like white people rock with him, but they were a little racist at times. But he was smart enough to play through that to his own end. Why do you want to kill yourself, sir? You're on your way Bro, to a why, motherfucking egot. Why does any 
rich person want to cure like that that shit don't matter like if some if something is broken in you no amount of money and success is going to fix it and the people who are broken they make the best art didn't it wasn't that like a line in this bitch like through pain comes greatness and sacrifice yeah, and all that. Great pain yeah. comes great, whatever I think. Whatever, like, yeah, yeah. Music like or that, something. Look at fucking Jim Carrey. Yeah. Look at Basquiat. Well, Basquiat just uh, Basquiat just got addicted to heroin. Like that's well, I guess that's a thing. Yeah, yeah that nigga was probably always. But who just gets addicted to it? Like you gotta have some shit going on to get it. Fucking. Picasso, whoever you want, like it's yeah. Picasso killed himself. I don't think Picasso. I didn't say killed, killed himself, but is it like I I know. Oh no, no, I'm thinking of uh, Picasso had a goddamn. I was watching a trailer to uh, Picasso with Antonio Banderas playing him. He had a goddamn suit on. Yeah, like I said, I wasn't thinking about Picasso. Wait, who painted Starry Night? Starry Night. What's that? Let's Google that. Yeah, Google that shit. Who painted that? Because uh, I think that might be who I'm thinking of. I don't oh, know. Oh, Vincent Van Gogh? I don't think he Van Gogh. Yeah, that's himself. who I was thinking about. Man, he was fucking batshit. <laughs> he chopped his own goddamn ear off. Oh, yeah, yeah. He did do that. Yeah. Yeah, but... So, yeah, through that pain comes art. And who's the most complete fucking person putting out content? Like, hey, man. If, if Childish Gambino's still alive in seven years, if that was a bet, <laughs> I would take that bet. I'm not saying I want him to kill himself, but I'd take that bet. <laughs> you weird, man. You fucking weird, dude. This like, episode was weird. This was a weird fucking episode. Took you he to that level? Yeah, he took it, you. It to... took me to that level. Because I, I, I looked, this is anthropology. We mind. I, I dug deep in like that. That's what, what I found. I'm like, ooh, man, what's really going on with you, bro? You okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess. I mean, that, that's, that's why I've shied away from stardom, man, because I don't want to go crazy, man. I don't want to go crazy. I had to wait till I was an adult become, to become a stand-up comedian because I didn't want any crazy shit happening to me in my teenage years. Yeah, you would have probably got raped and shit. You was like little and skinny and shit, yeah. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I didn't learn how to do a push-up until I was like 25. <laughs> look at me now. Look at me now. I was what you call, I'm, you know, I'm pretty swole on a good, good week. <laughs> right, right, right after you come from the gym. <laughs> right after I come to the gym, you know, it's like I got a thirty-minute time limit on it. So right after I come <laughs> from the gym, it looks good. But anyway, so it starts off with sweet little girl, ends with evil, and that, and that kind of speaks to I feel like the like you know what America wants, and you whip it to the point that. You know, you become blinded by the power you get from it, this sweet little girl or whatever. Mm. And it's this evil, like it becomes evil. Like, you know, what they say? The love of money is the root of all evil or whatever. It's not money, but it's the love of money. So it's the lust after power, after using this tool of, of having fame and what that brings. It brings about evil is what it's trying to, I feel like, allude to. Of like, it started off as like, 
his parent, like their parents were like, you know, being strict on them to be really good musicians, whatever they become that. But there's this lust that comes out of that. This is evil. You know, it, it turned them. Now they want to look white and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, <laughs> it's just weird. What were your yeah, thoughts it, about that? It, it was a lot of, a, a lot of it was kind of open-ended. Like when you say uh, the parents pushed them to be the best that they can be. And like you could even go to the parents were evil and what happened to the parents to instill that in their children like so it, it you you don't see the start of it like because it started out at evil <laughs> right right because to that point um you know ben, uh not benny uh teddy's like he sympathizes with his father yeah. justifies yeah. what was done to mm -hmm. him because he's like you know we were children we had no idea of what they were up against. Right. So. Man, and which brings me back to the kind of fucking the is, is this Donald Glover trying to tell us something like who hurt you? Because <laughs> he's right, doing right. he he way too talented for a normal person. Like you you got all the all the talent, man. Like you, who who hurt you? Like is is that is that what's going on? So uh, I, I'm going to have to end mine like on there. Like I'm looking at Donald Glover a little bit different. Like, damn, man. Like, ew. Really? I mean, I didn't get that. I mean, but, you know, I'm not a fanboy like you. Fuck you. Know, you. I don't write <laughs> letters to him. I don't have posters of him as a grown-ass <laughs> father in my room like you do. So... Guess yeah, I, didn't but I, I, I got the red bone too. poster of him in a leather pants with no shirt on on my ceiling. You I know. know. So when my girl ride me, I be looking up and say, yeah, yeah, all that. Yeah, okay, fuck you, nigga. <laughs> I know that. So, so I know you'd have a different perspective than I did, I guess. It's, it's called a deeper perspective. That, that, that's what it's called. It's like, a weirder perspective. I, that's like you're, you're a stan. Like you, you, remember, <laughs> you remember stan, right? You're going to start bro. writing them letters? Nah, you still bro, I, ain't calling. I did this anthropology podcast and you still ain't calling. <laughs> bro, Like I just do a little bit of research into what we talk about because I'm a professional. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's all that is. You're a professional fanboy. That's cool. <laughs> it's all right. Everybody has their endeavors. Everybody has their mission in life. That's your life. That's your mission. It's cool. And it works for us because we're doing these recaps. You get to showcase your fandom. It's cool. It's all good. It's all good. Bro, bro. Fuck you, bro. So then, right. you know, the episode, so it clearly focused on a lot of themes of daddy issues and the cycle of violence and, you know, you know, black culture being pop culture, and it's been that way for for generations. And you know, shout out to Donald Glover making his current show, but also, you know, dialing back. You know, showing you know the precedence of the space that we're in about you know hip hop culture leading you know American culture and thus the world culture. So, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's about it. We we got deep into it, like thanks to me digging a little bit deeper and doing a little bit of research. So uh, I wonder if like he actually got to keep the piano because it felt like they took the piano. No, yeah, as, like, they definitely evidence. took the piano. 
Which is it, it's weird. Definitely, a, he went through all that, and they kept the piano. Why they keep the piano though? You're a former police officer. Why they keep the piano? Uh, evidence. Like I said, I, I, I think I think it'll be just evidence. You like they uh, no, no white house is evidence. So everything is evidence. They're not going to take everything with them, but you're not walking out of that house with something that was in the house. You feel me? Oh, yeah, because of their cases and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah, they have all the, the information. But that, but that sucks. I'm like, well, we're like, why were you here? I was here to get this piano. And then they get the piano. Yeah. That's weird. So, so it's weird how it is that way. A lot of people died. Darius didn't get his piano. <laughs> That's how that Teddy Perkins episode ended, ladies and gentlemen. That's it for us. Peace. Peace.